0: Hey, baby! Spud here. I've met a lot of people, and i played some, too. And there's one thing I know. People like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all make Thanks for joining me this evening here on the Spudcast podcast while I'm talking out my ass with criminologist Peter Scharf, who uh, closely watches uh, the numbers, Uh, about crime and solving crimes and how many cops are out there solving the crimes. And he's not only here in New Orleans, which is where he lives and is based out of, but this is a guy who works in New York City, D.C. He's He's a guy who really knows his stuff. And we'll be talking to him about his stuff right after you listen to this. The last place you want to be today is the emergency room. Who knows what you can pick up after waiting hours to see the doctor? Rapid Urgent Care is the answer. Eight locations in southeast Louisiana. Rapid Urgent Care means rapid relief in minutes, not hours. Doctors on site, major insurance in-network, Medicare and Medicaid too. Rapid COVID tests, x-rays, blood work, strep and flu tests in minutes at Rapid Urgent Care. Telemed visits, even some house calls. Just check in online. They'll text when you're next. The doctor will see you now. Visit RapidUrgentCare.com, RapidUrgentCare.com. If you find yourself near Metro Road or on breakfast time or lunch, you should make a pass by the Blue Line Sandwich Company. If you find yourself in Kenner at breakfast time or lunch, you should make a pass by the Blue Line Sandwich Company. Chalmette, the best bank, uptown, make a pass by the Blue Line Sandwich Company. Chef Brad McGee uses fresh-from-the-farm ingredients, makes his own corned beef, conchandelier, and a jam in a day. Custom catering, dine in and carry out, or let waiter bring your sandwich straight to you. The Blue Line Sandwich Company, 2023 Metro Road, a block off of Bonneville. Call Chef Brad at 504-309-3773. OK, so we're talking to Peter Scharf, who uh, I mean, I, you have, Pete, so many hats that are or at least so many titles. Basically, I just refer you to you as a criminologist, but you were like so much more than that. So first things first, how you doing and how should I actually address you now since you're world famous and everything?
1: Oh, cool. I love it. Um, you know, I'm the town criminologist.
0: Basically, you know, there are a couple of mm-hmm. others, too.
1: But, you know, I've studied crime here. I'm at LSU uh, School of Public Health Health Science Center. And I work uh, with a bunch of folks in D.C. Uh, I work with the city. And I'm, I do big league cases, uh, national
0: cases, and expert witness. So I'm busy for an old man. Well, you ain't that old. You ain't, You ain't as old as me. You might be older than you know, me in years, is. but uh, in stuff that you do, I surpass you because I'm lazy. That's the difference.
1: Oh, you're lazy. I love it. We've well, been we together a long time. I have a lot of respect for you. And, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you did the best interview with me when he, you asked me why Warren Riley was mad at me. <laughs> uh,
0: he was pissed off you know, at me, too. Was together. He was pissed <laughs> off at him. me, too. He told me when we had, I. We've had, we had dinner and lunch since and then. We're fine now. Oh, I know. So and I are fine too, out. but it's like I don't ever run into him. But the fact of the matter is, he he told me, he said, I owe you, you owe me an apology for saying something. And I almost went on the air and said, Warren Riley says I owe him an apology. Call me up and tell me if I do. But I didn't because I didn't <laughs> want to piss him off because he had like six cops with him and they all had big guns. And I was just by myself. My producer was hiding.
1: So. He's yeah. a smart guy. Anyway. Oh, no, you know, he's, he's actually,
0: he's very smart. He really, he's pretty sharp. You know who's a lot sharper than people give him credit for is Eddie Compass.
1: Oh, Eddie, yeah, Eddie's not one of my closest friends. But, you know, it's interesting. It's people who were mad at each other 15 years ago. They can't even remember why they were mad at each other. And that's what's funny about criminal justice in this town. All right, let, let me let me de- de- earn my keep here. All right. Okay, one, we had a disastrous year last year. Uh, we had 202 murders. All of the indicators were up. And the, uh, the, there were a bunch of questions like, where do we stand with the rest of the cities? I've been doing the research, and we were number four. We may have beat out Detroit, which takes some doing Yeah. Uh, in terms of the murder rate.
0: And, and, it's, you know, and, and, and people need staying? to understand, too, it's, it's a per capita thing. I mean, I think Chicago, far and away, has more physical murders than anybody else, and you'd have to go down to a cartel city. But it's it's also how many per 100,000. And, yeah, in that rate, we're way up there.
1: Right. Uh, Detroit, I just checked last night, had 677,000 people. We had 393. And Chicago's had close to 2.9 million. So people, you know, your spouse will tell you, don't go to Chicago. You get murdered. Hey, it's La, La Land compared to the way we were last year. Yeah, And, you know, hopefully it's a one-off. Let's talk about that. Okay, so one uh, disastrous year, uh, the numbers finally are straight, I think, uh, and and the question is why, right? And there, there there are like three theories around. One that it's an artifact of the COVID pandemic, you know, and there are a couple of versions, sort of life stress.
0: I could I could understand yeah. the stress part, but I mean, you know, what it how how can murder? I can understand robberies because everybody's out of work. But, uh, you know, and I see car burglaries are up and then car burglaries are turning into carjackings. But I, I don't I don't fathom why murders are up unless people are just so upset or so depressed and ju- they got hair triggers uh, for every little bitty thing.
1: Well, we have a meeting with a lot of people from the city and also LSU School of Medicine. And, you know, the, the dope connection is uh, is one of the mystery connections here mm-hmm. so I have a couple of logic models One: people are stressed they don't have jobs they get an infection notice they don't know what to do they grab a gun they rob a store the other thing is these are people who have been in the crime business a while and that the uh, you know people aboard the cinema you can't go to Cineplex right you were talking no. about this a moment ago and you know and and suddenly um you know and the dope dealers come to your house and lighten your day with marijuana or whatever mm. and then there are more dope dealers suddenly outside dope dealers figure out there's a great dope market and then they all have guns. And really what the rise in murders is about from one twenty to two hundred two, that's a big rise. It's so about sixty eight percent. I just crunched the numbers. And you know you know, and these really are an increase in uh, drug traffic and competition among drug groups. So there's a lot of...
0: That's what it's usually yeah, been right? had. And then, I mean, the conversations you and I've had before, is a lot of these murders are drug-related in that there is a, a battle over the turf. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I, I I, don't I don't see where the difference is other than there's been more of them because, because there's you know, like you said, it's depression, so people are trying to turn to something to take their mind off of it and booze is too expensive or I don't know what.
1: No, well well and that's what you know the current people in the city the city I think has to figure out you know, we're willing to help, which is uh you know, is, is is who's doing it, what what is their history. So these people in the life, you have one strategy if they're in the life, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have another if these are situational criminals. Uh, and, and that's, I think, where it really gets dicey. And that's, I think, what we've been, you know, they're, they're, we're talking them all the time, so it's not like they're strangers. But our voice says really analyze what's going on who are the targets, who are the perpetrators, how long they've been in the business. And that'll tell you really what the data will tell you what to do. And and that's I think uh, what's beginning to happen hopefully, and you know, and then, and then the question, a couple of other questions. One as the and this is a national question as well as a local question. Uh, as COVID the COVID epidemic dies down, which it will, you know, you know, people are saying by July or whatever. I don't believe uh, that. Does the murder epidemic die down too? And there there's some folks who say there'll be an inertial lag between the decline of COVID and uh, and the decline in the uh, gun violence rates, uh, you know, gun shooting, uh, injury, gun injuries, gun deaths. And I, I kind of think there'll be quite a, a lag because behavior patterns have changed.
0: Well, you know, I think that, I'm with you on the lag, but I, I think one of the reasons why is because OK, so so COVID reduces, but it, it's not going to like the economy is not instantly going to jump back. There's a lot of places that had, you know, hired 10, 20 people that have closed, you know, so there's there's right now and there's not as many jobs out there as there were. So people don't still don't have the money to go spend, nor do they have a gig to go to. So they're going to still be out looking for stuff, which means they're going to turn to the easy high to uh, relieve their anxiety.
1: Right. And also they're a living, you know. Uh, that you know, slinging dope on the side street corners or in, in the apartment complexes or wherever is, is you know that's if you can't you know that's an, an alternative employer, and you really have to look at this. So this is again all the you know you wouldn't go to a doctor who didn't really figure out what's wrong with you and look at the data on different patterns, right? And the same thing I think should be true with the police that they really need to get the networks down, the connections, the dealing places, the relationship yeah. with the economy.
0: Well, wait, I, I, I just... interviewed, I interviewed Ronald Serpas many times. And when he was the police chief, he and I talked about and off the air, he didn't say this on the air. He goes, we know who the bad guys are. And I said, well, go get them. He goes, so well, you got to have proof. I mean, we just, we know who they are. You just can't always prove everything. or you can't get the witnesses to come in and say different things. But you know, also you got to have the manpower to do it, and the police department is low. They've lost all the state troopers. Um, you know, they. I don't think. I don't think they have the manpower to follow up on everything. I mean, what was the, what was the solve rate on on homicides and just uh, non non homicide shootings last year? How much of that did they solve?
1: Well, the numbers are dreary, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're way below room temperature you know, the numbers I've seen are in the high 20s, low 30s, you know. And and again, it's, uh, yeah, and, and, you, and Ronnie is taking a sabbatical from well we talk all the time. And he's, uh, uh, you know, again, could he have done now what he did then is a really good question. So they, they were pretty good. Well, in 1999, they went from uh, 424 homicide murders yeah. In uh, 1994 to 159, in 1999, when he was working with Richard Pennington, so that's that's a heck of an achievement. And then he he reduced it from 2001 in 2001 and 199 I think down to um, 164, and then finally last year uh, under the you know Sean Sean mm-hmm. Ferguson down to 120. Now the question is. It was that kind of victory. Was that is that achievable now? Given, as you said, the economic stress, the isolation, the boredom, and now the new dope dealers—you know—running yeah. uh, around getting people high—and that's a very ba- difficult question, I think.
0: All right. Well, we'll, we'll try we get, to answer that one when we get back. I got to step away for a second. Peter Scharf is my guest. Where can people find out more about you, man? You can just Google you and and like read yeah, read yeah, comments I, and uh, stuff.
1: I'm a I'm a Google hound, you know. Yeah, no, just and a lot of my publications are just up there. I don't I don't you know resumes, but also the articles uh, I publish and also uh, presentations. And uh, I'm pretty easy to track and a lot of media stuff. So you know, just uh, order to call and give me a call at LSU and uh, or email me at lsu hsc and I'll be happy to
0: respond to you. Cool. All right, we're going to step away. We'll come back more with Peter Scharf, criminologist and all-around uh, smart dude here on the Spudcast podcast Thank you. while I'm talking out my ass. Hey, what you got going this weekend? Can't go to the game. You can't even tailgate. So what you going to do? Go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured charter guide on lasaltwater.com. Super easy to follow that website. What you going to catch? Where you want to catch it? How you want to catch it? All the big ones are waiting for you, and to top it off, you'll still be able to watch the game on TV at the lodge at the end of the day of fishing. Sounds great? Got an open spot for you, babe. You want in? Just sign up on LAsaltwater.com. Spun here for Serentine Comfort Systems. You've heard a lot of hot air out of me before. Well, now I'm talking comfortable, clean, germ-free air with the new iWave air purifier. It knocks down cooties, even COVID, from your home or business. Pathogens, allergens, particles, even smoke and odors. Wave goodbye with the iWave from Serentine. Quick install, no maintenance, $25 a month. Give the gift of healthy air this year. Call Serentine Comfort Systems at 504-833-8831. 833-8831 or go to srscomfort.com. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish Coffee and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish Coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market. Or order it online. Have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of parish coffee. All right, we're back with Peter Scharf, all-around smart guy, criminologist, LSU Health Sciences Center. Google him up and find out a bunch of stuff. Um, I have not, Peter, I have not interviewed the chief yet, but I have interviewed um, Aaron Mishler. Uh, a couple of times, and uh, the fire, the uh, president of the, uh, the Firefighters Union in New Orleans, and he was telling me point blank, uh, furloughs and cutting back on overtime. He says that the city's primary job, any government's primary job, is to protect its citizens, which means first responders, which means cops and fire and EMTs. And the mayor said, okay, everybody's got to take it across the board. Well, everybody don't run into a burning building. Everybody don't run to the sound of the guns. And everybody didn't stand there and do CPR. On people. So I got an argument with that one. Uh, 202 back up the, to 202 murders. The, sir, the, the solve rate is in the high 20s, maybe low 30s. Is more cops on the street the answer? More, more go ahead and pay the overtime, go ahead, cut out the furloughs, and go ahead and hire more police officers and put them out there and let them do what they want to do? Or is, uh, or is, I mean, that's like, I guess that's the brute force version of it just more boots on the ground is going to solve it i mean what what's the solving well, well uh,
1: there, there are a couple of nuances just having done the research one there's a guy bailey at suny Albany. i think he i hope he's still with us on the earth. That he did great research on this and and the relationship between number of cops and uh crime reduction is very weak you know that's not you know that is not settled science at all the second thing is, you know, I, I was the uh, facilitator for the mayor's planning group to, uh, going into this two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the issues we faced in our committee, we had all the rock stars, uh, John Casvan, uh Mary Mary Howell, some of the great, Tanya Tetlow, we had a great team. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things we debated was this question, more cops or better cops? And are you better off with knowledge economy, analytic cops? or with uh, putting Muldoon kind of, you know, the street cops. And, and I'm, I actually think we need a very different kind of police officer, a more analytic police officer, a, a better networker, and, and different cultural environments. But that's a basic issue for the, the – uh, and in some ways I think it's a cop-out,
0: you know. Got
1: more cops know, we, on the
0: ground. Just, just to fall yeah, back we, on that argument.
1: Yeah, and and they fall back, so we can't do anything. Now the mayor's changed the furlough policy, which I think is good, but and it gives him more flexibility. But you know, and and I think there's a range issue too. You know, if all you have is four people in district, you can't do anything proactive. Mm-hmm. So you can't do uh, community policing, problem solving. You can't do predictive analytics. All you can do is drive around and uh, listen to sput
0: on the radio. You know. And, can't uh, even do that right. no more, man. Yeah. Benny grunched right. I've been grunched.
1: Well, right. well, wait, wait,
0: wait. Now they I've had arguments on here that okay, well, we should have sixteen hundred officers because say, like uh in the 7th district, which is out in New Orleans East, it'd be like in, at night there's one cop for all of New Orleans East. No, there's that, that's that's no way. One, I mean, what's the point? There may as well be no cop out there in New Orleans East. If if covering that entire area, one cop. So it seems to me, I have to agree with you. Smarter cops. Better, better educated cops, which means money. I mean, you're going to have to pay these guys, yeah, but, even, yeah, even yeah, if it's a call. You
1: know, one, you know, research I've done is a murder can cost uh, up to a million dollars. Uh, Fottnek in uh, um, in um, Chicago has similar numbers. A gun injury can cost four to six million dollars. You think about it. A, six, a 16-year-old kid gets shot, has a neurological injury or spinal injury, and uh, the cost can be the millions of dollars over uh, a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So are we going to hemorrhage? So, you know, and then the question about, that I'm getting is the other half bit. If you have a high crime rate, who would open a store here? Who would open a restaurant? And besides all the risks of COVID, but you add the gun violence risks, and there was this guy shot in the uh, in, in the fourth district out in Algiers. You was some combination of video store and accounting firm. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think they're going to be able to rent that property? So, the, so uh, crime is a deterrent to the economy and reduces your capacity to do good things. So it's a very it's a tricky argument. Now again, without any economic resources. You're not going to do it. You know, you're not going to do it either. The other thing is the loss of human capital, you know, that with the uh, all things that happen, the fiscal yeah. austerity, we've lost some great cops. They're working in St. Tammany or Chalmette. Or yeah, something like that. yeah.
0: I was talking to somebody about that. It's like they go through. Could you force them to actually stay? I was talking to Aaron Mishler about this. And uh, I said, could you? OK, we paid money to send you to cop school. It's one of the best ones around here. And then you stay, like, two years, and then you go off someplace else. It could, couldn't you be, like, in the Army and, like, okay, uh, you got to stay here for four years or five years or six years. you got to be an NOPD officer for X number of years. Uh, and yeah, if you pick I, up I, and I take go, off, guess, you're going to have to pay for that schooling.
1: I, again, I go the I'm just the contrarian, right? That's why you like it. No, 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 no. Um, the guy, I, I brought that, I that
0: argument up, and he said the same thing. Nah, you can't do it. Ain't, you ain't going to get away with it. It's not the Army.
1: Well, so. yeah. Remember when Maple and Linda were here, when the murder rate was going down? Mm-hmm. They had a theme on the buses: proud to call it uh, home. Remember that?
0: Yeah. Now it's proud uh, to serve. Join Yeah. So you gotta,
1: we gotta make uh, NLPD the greatest place to work. You know, and you have all this existential excitement, which I get off on. You know, and everything else. And and how do you make it the best working conditions, the best training, when I retire after 20 odd years? How do I get the best-paid job? And it, think of it as, the, now it's, you're Microsoft. You don't want these people going to Cisco. Yeah. Right? Uh, and the cops, once they, they, they're very valuable once they get about four, five, six years into the job. And you can't lose them. Ronnie Serpas, he mentioned, one day called me and he said, the real battle is how do you get the smart millennials to go into law enforcement? I really like that idea, that question. And I think yeah. that uh, he's right. You know that's the real
0: issue. Well, the thing of it is, though, you can't. I don't know what I don't know where it is now because my kids are out of high school. My kids are in college, and 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 it's a different animal. But before, is there was arguments, uh, and on college campuses too. We don't want the army over here recruiting people. We don't want police departments over here recruiting people. So who, who the hell do you think stands between you and the person who's going to stop you from saying or doing stuff that should be your right to do? You got to have somebody standing on the line armed smart you know don't don't want to start trouble but you do want to end it and yet i mean why would anybody want to go that route if all they're going to do is get called names and spit on and things like that and that's and that's been that's been going around for for decades i mean
1: i was on a i was on a, a test
0: for new york city
1: a few years back and that there were like 75 lawyers, 60 accountants and 30 doctors there are people who just have it in their blood, and that's who you want. Mm-hmm. The other thing is they're so selective with the physical requirements, the judgment. You know, you you know, there's a huge risk with um, people who are not, you, you know, trained in the mainstream economy skills and the physical skills you need. So you need, you know. You know, they talk about a million-dollar block. You've heard that, right? Mm-hmm. Crime areas. You can have a million-dollar police officer who builds a million dollars in liability. I work that. You know, I do these cases. You know, you see that that some some of the individuals or managers are liability magnets, and that can drive you broke as fast as anybody else.
0: Yeah, everybody's so, litigious.
1: You know. You know uh, so that's one, you know, one of the areas I'm working in, but yeah, these, these are great, you know, and again, you got to balance these different things. I have a lot of confidence in Sean and his team, Paul Noel. I like got great.
0: Yeah. I've, I've, I've spoken to a lot of cop friends of mine, and a lot of them from not, not within the city who were pretty pleased when he got that gig. And it's the same thing with, uh, with, uh, Roman Nelson, the new fire chief too. So I talked, you know, Aaron Messler and a bunch of other people going, yeah, he's, he's going to do a good gig. But the bottom line is, you still have to have x number of people to do it, and you got to pay pay these people. They may want to stay in the gig. I love the gig, but I can't. I can't feed a family. I can't raise a family, send my kids to to college on this salary, and it's like it's so violent out there. I don't know if I'm going to come home every night, which is yeah, a
1: and, good. and be these hidden taxes, and that's where the schools getting better is important because I've got to send my kid a private or Catholic school. I have three kids. I'm bro. I, I'm, I'm earning negative income.
0: Right? Tell me about it. Uh, you know,
1: that's an example. So, you want to get rid of those. I think you got to get scholarships for every. Uh, you know, every cop in the city. They, they all need more education and it can be a master's degree, a bachelor's degree, or a technical or whatever. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm working with Democrats now a bit, and you know, getting. Uh, You know, getting that into some legislation where you get, uh, you know, keep keep the city safe by sending the police to school is critical. Yeah, but you get people out
0: there griping. Look, you get people out there griping because they're going, I don't have any kids. Why do I have to pay an valorem taxes to cover the schools? Well, because having an intelligent workforce as opposed to a bunch of dummies benefits you, too, whether or not you have children, a smarter Neighborhood and a smarter workforce is just better for everybody all the way around. So, right,
1: and and, and the answer to that guy is that before, or after you got mugged, you sure. know, and you know, you, you I, I had a doctor friend who just got uh, gun whipped in, in front of, uh, you know, a uh, grocery store, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and uh, you know, these health consequences, uh, you know, pain, all that, and again, you know, do we have a police force,
0: and uh, also the corporations
1: that were involved, the company yeah. where it was shopping, to make this a safe city.
0: Well, you know a what? City. I got, I, and it's not just in the city. I got a couple of doctor friends of mine who start their practices early in the morning, and they walk to their door. They get out of their cars and walk and unlock their door. They got the key in one hand. They got a gun in the other. And I'm not talking about no little twenty five neither. These guys carry big pieces. Yeah. And it's like... Oh, yeah. it, you know what are you what are you going to do because somebody's going oh they got drugs in there so anyway I got about another yeah. minute so let's let's wrap right, it up here. Well,
1: just these are great questions I think, but the real issue is can you afford a third world police department? You know, and mm-hmm. uh, with third world skills or industrial skills, you know, and I think I think have, this is a new world. Look at who's running the country and the world. It's your your communication skills, your cultural. Uh, reading skills—we want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's those are the key skills, as well as the new technologies, yeah. you know, AI, artificial intelligence. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and the cities have biggest reductions. They invest in technology, and they invest in cops.
0: Yeah, but we need—we uh, don't need Robocop. We need people cop. Peter Scharf, you okay. are the man. I appreciate it. I—I oh, uh, oh, know how to reach you I'll now. Be, whatever.
1: Yeah, well, well, good. You know, yeah. just talk to Le- my broker Leslie. Is, yeah. Uh, you know.
0: Well, I so didn't know. Different. I didn't know you were at LSU Health Sciences Center until I read an article. You know.
1: And oh, then, really? and then yeah. it's yeah. when
0: I texted yeah. Leslie uh, and I call her all the time for good guests. So. Well, anyway. good. Well,
1: uh, good. I I can't wait to see you again, and can't wait to uh, talk on on the air.
0: I'll I'm sure I'm going to have something else to rammer at you about. Man.
1: You have you haven't lost anything then.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't say can't say stuff on the air, but anyway. Thanks a bunch, yeah. Pete. I appreciate you taking well, the time. You, ben. All right. Bye. Spot here. You know I like to tease attorney Mike Brandner. Go big or go home. Go, Mike. Mike's got the big one. And he sings that little song he has to. And Brandner laughs at the joke, too, because he's got a great sense of humor. He doesn't take himself too seriously. But you know what he does take seriously? His clients. When it comes to fighting in court for the interest of his clients, that's where the laughter stops and the serious work begins. He's not afraid of the insurance company lawyers because he used to be one. And now he's on your side of the aisle, and that's where you want him to be. Get the big result. Go big. Get Mike. 345-1111. I scream, you scream, we all scream for beads and doubloons and coconuts and marching bands and walking clubs and tableaus and mask balls and mystic crews and everything else that says Mardi Gras. Keep Mardi Gras what it's always been, a family event before Lent. If you want to help keep traditions alive, go to MardiGrasAlliance.com and join the growing group of businesses, citizens, and carnival entities that want to keep Mardi Gras a safe and happy event without it being regulated to death. Go to Alliance.com and laissez les bon temps rouler. Okay, criminologist Peter Scharf. Thanks a lot. You can find out more about him by Googling his name, S-C-H-A-R-F, Peter Scharf. Uh, Coming up tomorrow on the Spudcast podcast, talking about my Ask Al Robichaud, who's the executive director of the Jefferson uh, Council on Aging, and we'll talk about the frustration of those people. Uh, lining up to get their uh, COVID vaccinations and uh, how many of them getting it turned away and what are the rules and are they made up on a daily basis? So I'll roll show tomorrow. In the meantime, thanks for joining me tonight. You can find this podcast on Red Circle and Spotify and Google Play and on my Facebook pages, Spud's Friends and Fans, the Big TheBigTeezy and John McConnell and also on Facebook at Spud, not Facebook, Twitter, at Spud Got That, at Spud Got That. If you want to get on a list and I'll email the uh, podcast directly to you, Send me your address, thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com, thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Till tomorrow night, with our Robo Show, Spud here. Watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.